Hola, this is the Getting to Ramen podcast, and I'm Joshua Anderton. Hey, how's it going? Josh here. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I, I wanted to spend some time today and sort of as an extension of the last episode that I released on dopamine and some of the things that I've been doing to help with um, my uh, dopamine um, deficiency, uh, um, I wanted to get on and, and sort of add to that, redact some things, um, some things that I was doing, some things that I was saying um, or, or uh, sort of some of the, some of the things that I thought about dopamine that I've, I've now learned is incorrect. Um, so, so that's what I'm going to do in this, this episode. Um, if you know me, if you, um, you know, you probably picked this up from listening to the podcast. If you know me personally, then you definitely know this, that I tend to, uh, it's kind of, random but I I I will pick a topic like this and get really obsessed and go really deep and it's hard for me to really focus or learn uh, anything else focus on or learn anything else uh, when I get into these seasons and um, like this drives uh, certainly drives people close to me nuts because I will just like, this is all I'll talk about is whatever thing I've done this with coffee. I've done this with software, um, with, uh, a number of things. And, um, and it's actually interesting. I've with, within this obsession or within this fixation that I've had, um, with dopamine, um, I've actually learned that my, uh, my ADHD is really, the, the cause of, of this tendency in the first place, which is kind of, kind of interesting, a little meta for you there. But um, actually, some, a misconception that people have is um, a lot of people assume that people with ADHD just can't focus. Um, um, and, and actually, actually, we can focus, we can have laser focus on something that we're interested in or something, something that we're interested in or something that's important to us. Um, it's just that it's hard for us to focus on anything else. <laughs> and um, um, so uh, anyway, so that sort of explains why I'm like this. But um, all that to say, dopamine. Uh, so uh, recently, um, I put out an episode, as I mentioned, um, and was talking about the different things that I'm doing in my day consistently. So I've added to my routine, my my uh, daily schedule to release dopamine more often is essentially what I was trying to do so that I would feel better more often. You know, that was what I felt. And when you Google, you know, enhance dopamine or help with dopamine or really anything around dopamine, the stuff that comes up is, you know, 10 things to raise your dopamine level and, uh, you know, 10 things to, uh, you know, whatever, these are the ways to release more dopamine. Like, there's there there's very few you really have to go deep to to actually understand how dopamine works to to realize that the way that I was doing things 
to my understanding, and I think most people's understanding, is just not, not right. It's not correct. So uh, recently I started listening to, uh, I've been reading some research papers by different um, uh, neurobiologists and, uh, and, and also listening to a podcast called the Huberman Podcast, Huberman Labs Podcast, which was recommended to me by James McGiven, who is uh, a really great guy, friend of mine. Um, runs the Indie Bites podcast, and uh, he, uh, this, so, so yeah, so this podcast has just been amazing. So Andrew Huberman, he is the, uh, he's a professor of neurobiology at Stanford uh, School of Medicine, and he has a uh, podcast YouTube channel where he interviews other people that are in this field, and um, people who are who are also doing experiments like he is to learn more about the brain and um, neurotransmitters, neuromodulators, and neuro like all, all the different ways that your brain um, on a molecular level operates. And so really cool stuff, but I feel really confident now with the information that I'm learning, um, that I'm gathering through his resources and through the, the people that he's interviewing and stuff, because these are the these are people that are at the forefront. These are the people that are living and breathing this topic every day. And so I feel like I have a lot more confidence in um, sort of the, in, in the information that I have now. Um, obviously, I'm still learning this stuff. So um, just, like, just like I'm doing with the last episode, there's a chance that some of this I may be wrong about. So just be aware of that. But... Uh, I'll link to the podcast, the Huberman Labs podcast. Definitely go check that out and, um, you know, do some research for yourself as well. But I'm just going to quickly address some of the things that I was wrong about with regards to dopamine and how it works, um, as well as um, some of the things that I, or, or my plan moving forward to sort of address the um, issue that I've been having with um, ADHD, depression, and um, just dopamine deficiency in general. So the the main thing that I got wrong that really um, is is core um, and has caused me to sort of throw out my initial playbook um, is actually just how dopamine works in the first place. So uh, I heard the term a long time ago, dopamine hit. Um, you may have heard this as well, uh, was used a lot. I mean, it has been used a lot to describe smartphones and, um, and, uh, and social media. And, um, so I heard this term and I think that's part of what kind of misled me to believe that dopamine was just something that you could, uh, draw on whenever you wanted, um, or that, you know, you can just open up Instagram or, uh, Twitter or TikTok Apparently, I've been told it's another popular one. <laughs> and just start scrolling, and then you can just start drawing on this, you know, start experiencing these dopamine hits. Um, and part of that, there's there's part to that that's true, but um, where I was wrong was that, um, was, was in thinking that if I just add more of these hits into my day consistently, that I will just, in general, just be happier and feel more motivation and more drive and more reward. Um, and that's not how it works. So the way that Andrew 
Huberman explains it in the podcast, and I'll link to the episode that he it was really good, uh, very in, uh, pretty in depth episode at least for me um, on on dopamine. Uh, I'll link to it so you can go listen to it in full, and I'll kind of summarize it here um, in case you don't want to go listen to it. But I suggest you do because I think this is good stuff and important. Um, but the way that he described it was, it uh, we kind of we all have this dopamine pool. And um, another play, I've, I've read it also described as a readily releasable pool of dopamine. So everyone has a different sort of baseline of dopamine that they can draw on. And for some people, it's very low. I think for me in general, as I've been learning and um, learning about the, um, the symptoms of dopamine deficiency and low dopamine, um, I'm learning that I probably have a much lower pool than most people. And I think that's common among a lot of creatives. But everyone has um, a different level, a uh, different baseline for dopamine. And when you, when you go and experience something that's um, really exciting or, you know, whether it's, or, or even a little bit exciting, whether it's just ticking off something on your to-do list or finishing a marathon, uh, you're drawing on that pool and um, and so what it what it does is it, it actually this uh, it releases and there it hits a peak is what Andrew called it and depending on how high that peak is determines um, you know how good you feel uh, but it also determines how far that dopamine is going to drop after and it will drop sometimes after seconds, uh, sometimes after days, depending on how high that is, you can get really low. And um, I remember experiencing this um, when I was about 15, I went on tour with this band. And I remember being on tour and and, uh, it was just a couple weeks, but every day waking up feeling like this is the life, like I feel, you know, I'm on cloud nine, all I'm expected to do is make things, create, write music. We were recording um, on the road. We were writing on the road. We were p- performing. I was like, this is the life. If I just do this forever, I could just never be sad, always be happy. And and then I remember the day that I got home and being in the car and driving home with my dad um, and how sad I felt and how angry I was. And uh, I've, I've, this experience was really impactful for me. Um, and so I've always thought back to that and compared all experiences to being on tour at that time and playing music and recording, blah, blah, blah. And that feeling that I had. Um, so I remember very clearly uh, how low I felt and, and thinking that, well, this is just, I'm back in reality now. And if I can just get back to that place again, that's, that's the goal. That's what I have to do. Um, and so, so I was experiencing that, that drop, that low, that, uh, that comes after a really, really intense peak in dopamine release. And uh, so uh, other examples are, you know, Andrew mentioned that um, postpartum depression is an example of this. Another one is, like I mentioned, I think I mentioned, um, I've recorded this a few times, <laughs> um, but another one is finishing a marathon. Um, that's that's something that's common um, for people who who run a, 
a race like that because you you think about it you have you're not just experiencing dopamine when you finish the race you're experiencing it while you're training months before years before whatever it is you're experiencing it while you're running it and then really experiencing it when you finish and um sometimes it lasts a day you know you're you're just at you know in cloud nine for a whole day or whatever uh now <laughs> i haven't run a full marathon i've run part of a marathon uh but uh, the problem with running part of a marathon is that anyone who's run any distance at all has run part of a marathon so uh unfortunately i don't have any bragging rights at all but so i haven't run a full marathon but i did actually I, it was a relay race so i ran the last portion and got to cross the finish line and uh and and it's you know there's that excitement and there's people there cheering and there's you know so there's this crazy high um well a lot of those people go into a pretty deep depression for sometimes days after that and um that's what is happening here is that this is what dopamine uh this is how dopamine works is there's uh, you're drawing on that pool, it has to course correct, and it actually goes further down below your usual um, pool or baseline, um, and that's what that depression or low feels like. Uh, or that's what that, yeah, that's what you're feeling when you're when you're experiencing that. Uh, now, the other interesting thing is, and this is uh, kind of going back to how my approach and why it doesn't really work, is, is that, um, now, is that the, you know, the marathon postpartum depression and that tour experience are sort of the extreme version. So on a um, normal, uh, much less extreme version, it could be just going to your favorite restaurant. And, you know, I was just talking to Justin um, Jackson about this the other day. He went to this amazing restaurant in Kelowna um, uh, for his anniversary, and he was just talking about how great of an experience it was. Just great staff and amazing food, amazing, you know, environment. And, um, we were sort of, uh, you know, he, and I are, are, we, we love, uh, food and we love restaurants. And so this is something that's also really, um, inspiring to us is when we find a restaurant that, uh, that has like all the pieces, they just do it all right. I think it's a, it, it taught me a lot about brand going to restaurants like that. Um, when people get all the details correct, but anyways, all that to say, uh, when you go to a nice restaurant, your favorite restaurant, and you have your favorite meal and um, and all that, that's a, kind of a, a more common dopamine release experience. And um, that alone isn't going to draw, you know, isn't going to take you very low afterwards. Um, but if you're doing that consistently, you know, going to your favorite restaurant a couple times a week or favorite restaurants, um, maybe you're, uh, maybe there's other things like watching your favorite show. Like him and I watch, uh, we, we, we really get into a show and we'll just like watch it. We'll, we'll watch the entire series over and over again. Uh, it crowd was one, one of those for us. It's just, it's just so funny. It was so enjoyable and we love pulling apart how it was made and, um, why the jokes were funny and, um, all those things. It's, uh, there's so much stuff in our life that are like this where it's just like it's not this crazy high high but it is something and if you are adding enough of those into your uh 
your your life for a long period of time, you're actually drawing or lowering that baseline slowly over time. And the the crazy thing is that uh, if you go long enough with that type of a lifestyle, which is it just seems so simple, but apparently, like I said, I don't know, I'm I'm not a doctor, but this is what Andrew was saying. Um, eventually, um, you actually do get to the same place that you would have taking drugs like cocaine or having those crazy high experiences too often, um, which is insane. That's just crazy to me. So my approach of just adding more things into my day that cause a release of dopamine, um, in the long run is actually going to work against me. And so how I, how I've, how I'm going to approach it now and actually how Andrew Huberman suggests is, is to be more aware of those things and, um, sort of on a practical level. I mean, and, and it's different for everyone. This is important. Um, it's different for everybody, uh, because it's a lot of it is subjective. So like someone, someone who enjoys exercise will actually uh, feel dopamine release when they exercise. Uh, in fact, you can, you can, depending on how much you enjoy it, you can actually feel like a, in, um, comparable to, uh, to drugs, um, the level of dopamine that you can feel when you're exercising. But somebody who doesn't like it, who hates exercise, they won't feel any um, dopamine released at all. So with some things, it's very subjective. And so uh, you have to kind of look at your own life and, and basically regulate those experiences. Um, it's funny because I, I think about, I think back to when I was a kid and uh, I remember wanting to go to McDonald's like every day. And I just like, why can't we just go to McDonald's every day? And it's funny because like my kids could care less about McDonald's because it's just like not the world that we live in anymore. Uh, I mean, obviously it's exciting to them once in a while, but like to me it was like, let's go to McDonald's. There's a play play place, there's slides, uh, which in in a post-pandemic world uh, is just hilarious to me that we, <laughs> we had that sort of thing, the amount of like germs and stuff that's all just sitting anyways. Um I just loved McDonald's and I just, I couldn't understand why we couldn't go every day. And, uh, my parents, you know, on a practical sense, it's like, well, you know, it's more exciting when we do this once a week or only on special occasions. And in fact, that's actually, um, a way to help raise your dopamine baseline as well. So you will be able to enjoy those things that are enjoyable to you more when you refrain from experiencing them too consistently. Um, and so that, that is just like crazy. In some ways it was a little bit upsetting to learn this because, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a hacker. I, I, I'm always hoping to find, you know, the silver bullet and it's way easier if there's just a way for me to safely, um, trigger the dopamine release more often and feel good more often. But there's, um, there's a lot of side effects to that and it's just not how it works. And, uh, so anyway, so regulating is, is a big one. Another thing though, um, and this is something that I'm learning more about now, so I won't go into too much detail, um, just because I'll sound like a lunatic, um, cause half this stuff won't make any sense. Um, <laughs> but, uh, another thing is for somebody that has depression, um, 
a lot of this, the way that dopamine is created and released and all this is um, affected in a negative way. And you're prevented from really experiencing that and from um, having a decent baseline uh, of dopamine. And so, so that's another thing is like, depending on where you're at. And I, like I said, I am, um, I'm, I do have some seasonal depression and we're back into fall here. So it's really dark here in Vancouver and I'm feeling it. Um, and that's a big reason why I've been kind of throwing myself into all of this, uh, research, um, is because I need to get back to a place where I have motivation. We're about to launch a product, which I will go into detail about <laughs> in another episode. Cause that's, important too. Um, I'm about to launch Meeps. I need to have, I want to have way more motivation. I love working on that product and the customers are amazing and what we're building is so exciting. Um, but I should be way more excited, um, than, uh, than I'm able to be right now. And that I'm able to be most days. Some days it's good. Some days it's really rough. And if you've experienced depression of any kind, I'm sure, you know, um, but anyways, uh, that's something that I've learned. Uh, so yeah, regulating is, uh, is the name of the game. Um, but also there are supplements that you can take that help you replenish that baseline, um, replenish that readily releasable pool of dopamine um, quicker. And, uh, and so um, one of those things, and, and these are things um, I'm happy to say that are, have been tested extensively and show that there's like, there's proof of, and it's not just something that I read on a company blog, uh, which man, yeah. And I, and I'm, I think I might've mentioned this before as well, but the, the other problem that I've been having with all this, um, before finding the Huberman labs, Huberman labs and these other neurobiologists that are writing papers and doing experiments. The other thing that I, the other frustration that I've had is like my own, my own general practitioner, my own family doctor uh, was, um, he may not have been wrong about, uh, some of this stuff, but, uh, he wasn't using the language, the right, the right language. And, uh, and so, uh, so I was misled a bit and once again, I mean, that could be my fault, whatever, but even my general practitioner, you know, even my, uh, if you go to a naturopath or you go to a homeopath, they all have different parts of the picture and it kind of seems like they all refuse to see any other pieces of it, any other parts. Whereas a neurobiologist is, this is all that they live, breathe and, you know, they, they're watching this work. They're watching under their microscope as these, this stuff happens. Um, just, just fascinating to me. Um, so it's been really great to feel like I've kind of got the full picture. Um, and, uh, and, uh, so yeah, so regulating, I keep going back there because I'm trying to wrap this up. So, um, I better just, I better just wrap this up. So I, uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, let me know if this was helpful. Um, dopamine, as you probably gathered and you may already know is so core to our existence as humans. Um, and I mean, actually every species on the planet, they've, they've, there's dopamine that is released in worms, like, um, when, as they're, uh, you know, like it's very core to our existence and it has everything to do with 
not just reward, which is what everyone, you know, believes about it, knows about it. I think most people, but some of the people that I've talked to in person about what I've been learning about dopamine, they just assume, immediately go to sex, assume that that's, you know, that's kind of all that it's for is just the, what you feel. Um, and uh, it's so much more than just reward. Uh, it's actually um, behind motivation. It's, it's what causes you to get out of bed in the morning and do anything. Um, there's even actual, like it, it even has to do with actual physical movement. Um, people with Parkinson's disease, this is, that's caused to um, neural, uh, the neural receptors in the brain, um, dopamine receptors are, that are malfunctioning or died or dead. Uh, so it's, it's, it's insane. Like this was kind of something I stumbled upon because of my ADHD and trying to understand that. Um, and I'm realizing that there's so much, uh, so much depends on your brain, uh, perceiving and perceiving and experiencing dopamine properly. And so, um, uh, so anyways, I, um, I will talk to you soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and I'm going to shut off here because I'm, I'm just really excited about this. So I'm going to keep talking for an hour and I don't, that, that, that's just not what you're used to with my podcast It's 12 minutes. Uh, hopefully this was interesting enough. Um, have a great day and next episode I will hopefully talk about meeps because there's news there. There's exciting things there that is, uh, it's getting me pumped up. It's helping me experience some dopamine release, anticipating the launch of meeps. <laughs> <laughs>